episode of the We Are Adult Show, brought to you by Hobby and Productions. I'm your host, Sean, across the scorching plains of the United States. Danny, how are you, man? Uh, you know what, man? It's not global warming. It's just a fluke. <laughs> oh, man. You guys are just complaining. Right. Just because just you're, you know, you're... Cows are standing out in the pastures at medium rare. Doesn't mean anything's going wrong. <laughs> the cows are the cows are being sous vide cooked as they're grazing. Yeah, true. It's terrible. I guess I, I guess they could market it better though, because you know Americans love the convenience of those like, um, you know, pre cooked prepared <laughs> meals that you can just get delivered through by UPS or FedEx. It's like that. It's like when you butcher the cow, it's already cooked. You don't have to worry about the. You cut out the middleman. Just you know, maybe uh, reverse sear it. Throw some butter, some garlic in there, and your rosemary. You're good to go. <laughs> While the cow's standing up. Yes. <laughs> oh, Danny, I I got onto a new kick, like a new a new drink that I just absolutely love, and I'm curious if you even if you've had it before. Body body armor. No, I have not had that. So if you don't know, body armor is another sports drink, and it's kind of like ga- the Gatorade, Powerade um, competitor. So, like, they don't... Also, a lot of what they talk about is, like, they don't use artificial flavors and stuff like that in there. Um, so they're trying to say it's, like, more pure and stuff. And the cost... It's a little bit less calories than than Gatorade, but I mean, don't hold your breath. Like it's still like up there. Um, but man, it tastes so much better than Gatorade. I was just like, oh, I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. I don't know if it's just so hot out and I'm delusional, or did I just come across something that actually just tastes real good? Well, two things. One, um, you know, ever since Gatorade was bought by Pepsi, they have basically been like slowly moving it into like soda water mm-hmm. without the, you know, it's the soda syrup without the carbonation. Yeah. But even, but even then their advertising uh, slogan going back to uh, for a while was uh scientifically engineered engineered. Yeah. I said it right to, uh, to taste best when you need it most <laughs> kind of a thing, which it seemed to be true. Like if you just drink Gator- like Gatorade for funsies, it really didn't taste that good. But if you were like, you know, playing like little league or doing something, you hung play, over, you know, soccer, hung over, anything. <laughs> yes, where, where, you need, where you need those electrolytes. Man, Gatorade was like the best. So I don't know, but if it's a new, if it's like legit, no like artificial shit, mm-hmm. it might probably already have a head up over Gatorade. Yeah, and I mean, it's not like a, it's not like it's five dollars a bottle or anything like outrageous it's i think it's maybe a like a little bit more than a gatorade but typically like they have like the buy two get like you know buy two for this price sale and stuff like that like they're sold like every every gas station everywhere i could see so it's not like it's a niche item it seems like they are just about everywhere um as i was looking but i had the uh mango orange and i've had the tropical crunch and they are, they're like super good. Like 
I'm getting ready to have a fourth drink and get my tropical punch over here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Years ago, I was helping. Like I kind of avoided them because um, I thought they were a little broy, maybe, or I wasn't sure if they're just pure energy drink or more. It seemed more workout focused yeah. than energy. And because um, years ago, I was helping a, fr a couple friends move their mom, mm -hmm. and so uh, out of a storage unit. Wait, and so you guys, like, one of you grabbed her arms and the other grabbed her legs. No, we moved. We had to move her shit out of a storage unit. She was like <laughs> downsizing, and uh, so we went to go get some beverages from the local 7-eleven yeah so i grabbed a couple gatorades for me and some stuff for jody and you know he was getting stuff and he was like looking around trying to figure out what to get and he grabbed a muscle milk oh ugh. and i was like uh bro what are you doing he's like well, we're working out i figure this will help and i'm like yeah <laughs> i'm like it might help like if you're trying to get yoked but it's not it's not going to quench your thirst <laughs> and so we <laughs> I'm like, you should maybe get a Gatorade too, just 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 to play it safe. And he's like, no, man, this will be fine. And I'm like, all right. And so uh, we get back. Sure enough, he opens it up, and it it's milk. It's not like you know, it's <laughs> with like it's like protein mm, infused. Right. Which again, like if you just you know you're out there trying to you know hit your you know personal best of deadlifting, that might help you. But I if mean, you're working, I guess. But if you're trying to like clear out like a uh, 110% full storage unit <laughs> in 110 degree weather, that's that's not the answer. Unless the question is, um, what's the worst drink you can buy <laughs> under these conditions? And then that's the correct answer is muscle milk. Yes. <laughs> so I ended up like being a nice friend and gave him my other Gatorade because it was like you said, it was like two for like three bucks at the time, or whatever. But <sighs> that's too. No funny. man, I thought you were gonna go. Thought you're gonna go more white trash with your drink of choice, like I did. Nah, nah. As my as my girl, as my girlfriend says, uh, I'm bougie. Yes, well, because I found a new drink. <laughs> it's a Buffalo Trace, or I guess any bourbon would work mm -hmm. with orange soda. See, okay. I get that face every time. That's I I say that. That's weird, but all right. So you get it's... your Fanta on. Don't you Fanta, Fanta, Fanta. Don't you Fanta, yes. Fanta. <laughs> and the way I did it was I had gone to one of our local Mexican food establishments. Yep. And I did it wrong, though. Because I, I, it's one where you're supposed to go after you're drunk. Not, You're not supposed to drink after you finish eating it. Yeah. <laughs> but I bought a bottle of the, you know, Hecho in Mexico Fanta. Mm -hmm. Okay. And I, had, and I had, like, half the bottle left. And I'm like, hmm. I wonder, I wonder if it'll taste good with. I saw my bottle of Buffalo Trace in there. I'm like, I wonder, if, I wonder if this will taste good together. Mm -hmm. And so I poured a shot. I poured out. I poured a, like a shot, shot and a half or so in in my glass. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was pretty amazing. Like the the because, I mean, if you make it old fashioned, you always they always do the little orange peel thing with the lighter and they make it all fancy. Yeah. So citrus and bourbon is kind of a uh, already proven uh, flavor combination. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, it's there's some science behind it. I mean, it's it's white trash science, but it's science nonetheless. It's, yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> but yeah, every time I say, I've told a few people that, and every time I say that to them, they give me the same kind of look. You a perplex, perplexion, horror, and uh, possible like thinking it might be good. <laughs> At the same exact time, it's it's the best and weirdest look to get. But. Uh, 
You're drinking a beer today, Sean. What are you drinking? I am drinking a beer. Let's see. So I I just threw I threw a bottle and they I was like, oh, you know what I like? I like sours. You know what I like? I like cherries in my sour. I'm like, this will do perfect. Now after being awake for about an hour, I'm like, why did I grab the biggest fucking bottle that I had down there? <laughs> like I I gotta get through two glasses of this. So You're in uh, party mode today. It's, fuck yeah. Um so this is called uh, Mertz. It's a fermented sour beer on, and it's uh, aged on cherries. So, luckily for me, this is only a four point five percent ABV. So party mode is on. It's a, it's more of a get together, not a full balloon raider. <laughs> <laughs> but no, and basically, um, they made a easy like. Uh, Pilsner, and you know they uh, they uh, use some lambic with it and whatnot. So I'm pretty excited. To give it a go. It is brewed, um, brewed and bottled by Funk Factory Guzzeria in Madison, Wisconsin. So I think this was uh, from Tavor, 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 Tavor. Not Father Tabor, just regular Tabor. Yes. You just get, that's like, what makes me excited is just like, after spelling it, you just get like that hearty cherry smell, and it just makes me so excited to to give this a gulp. Hmm. See, I think it's like, battle of flavors so you always gotta do a second one like we learned from our our uh our pointless whiskey demonstration of you gotta <laughs> take that sacrifice sip to get to the the real sip that also tastes like burning <laughs> after the after drinking the the lava you could really get the napalm on the second drink yeah you get more of the the magma as opposed to just pure lava it's cooled down a little, but it's still it's still a little <laughs> hot to the touch. Very very puckery, very puckery, with a with a lot of cherry tartness. Like it's like it's um I don't know like it's not like sour sour, but it's it's like like afterwards after you drink it, but it's very like puckery as you're drinking it, like when it's first hitting it hitting your mouth and then it just has like this beautiful um heart cherry taste with it that i just love with it and as you can see it's got that nice cherry color throughout the oh, beer yeah. nice red is it is it like puckery like just like in your mouth or is it like you might get the heartburns later we'll have to see because it um you could you could definitely get a lot of like a wild yeast kind of taste in in the beer um as like now that i'm on my my fourth sip everything's starting to kind of calm down pucker factor has started to reduce and um more cherry and now it's now there's much more of like the wild uh yeast taste floating around in there that 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 gives it that sourness so it's kind of like evolved a little bit now that I've gone through the uh, the stages of shock. 
<laughs> like with every sour. <laughs> it's like you, you hit that uh that Stockholm syndrome of acceptance of okay, this is a good beer. <laughs> I think I, t- I told my friend I was like, I bought you a sour. Your first sip, you're probably gonna hate the beer, but you got to power through it. Like you, <laughs> you're cleansing your mouth. You're getting it ready for the the flavors afterwards. Did you tell your friend just just shh, don't say anything and you'll 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 enjoy it in a minute. <laughs> One of the beers um, I got her was she said was really good. And shockingly, it was a cherry sour. <laughs> that second one she said was all right. So, Ooh, what about you, man? What you drinking on? What's yeah, so gonna, what's gonna get you drunk? Get you get you drunk. So I woke up this morning and I just felt like out of it because I had a long couple nights, um, which we'll get into in a minute. But uh, went out to breakfast and stuff, and I'm like, there's a little, there's like a little bottle shop liquor store right by where we go get breakfast. So after that, I'm told my wife, I'm like, I'm just going to go over to this liquor store and I need, I, I'm going to see what they have. And she's like, don't you have enough at home? Mm. And I'm like, well, I want something light. I think pretty much everything I have is either like heavy like or like barrel aged or just like heavy. And she's like, you don't have anything light at home? And I'm like, well, I have stuff, but I've already talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> and so we're like pulling in the parking lot. She's like, I think you're at that point again where you uh, you can't buy anything until you drink what you have. Or she's like, you're getting to that point soon. And I'm like, no, no, I'm already there. I can't, you know. <laughs> I shouldn't be doing this, a... but I am. And I'm like, I'm just going to get one can just for today. Because we were at a brewery yesterday, and they had a couple beers that looked pretty interesting to go. Mm-hmm. But and I told her, I'm like, but I didn't buy anything because there's nowhere to put it. And she's like, oh, good. I'm uh, I'm happy for that. <laughs> <laughs> so I went there, and I didn't see anything. So I came home, and I was kind of looking through I rearranging my shelves basically trying to find something and so i've came across from reoccurring guest on the show mm-hmm. i think they're making their most <laughs> record number of appearances even even for like the same the amount of times that you went to like double nickel and yeah. urban artifact yes. i think they're approaching that those levels of re- <laughs> to the point where even i have had urban artifact and double nickel on the show <laughs> but this is our friends at Solaris Brewing. Notice me, senpai. It is their, it's late spring. It is a raw farmhouse ale aged in Malbec wine barrels. Mm. And it says, um, Chongqing is my home away from home. This beer is an edition of Sichuan peppercorns is an ode to my, to all my experiences while living in China. When I smell this beer, the floral spice takes me back to this wonderful Chinese megapolis, drinking until sunrise on the high-rise rooftops. The weather and the geography, the food, the people, it's all important. Gong bai. And uh, it's ambient pairings, so I should, if I you know, wanted to get the true experience of drinking this beer, I should be listening to Harry Nilsson's Open Your Window from uh, 1969, while also enjoying a nice hot pot what about electric what about electric slide from mgt girl mgt what i don't remember with mg mt i don't i don't remember here we go either you're talking about machine gun either you're confusing either trying to talk about machine gun kelly mgk mgk or 
Magic the Gathering, MTG. I don't know which one you're trying to say. <laughs> but yeah, this this one definitely, like, they talk about, like, a nice floral. And I can kind of smell the peppercorns. Yeah. Oh, man, that's... Do they walk that line with that first... You know, you get that pucker, kind of t- tap your tongue a little bit when you get a sa- good sour. Yeah. Um, It's got a nice amber color. And my fancy... Oh, I'm also drinking it in my fancy um, members-only glass that has fancy Solaris artwork on it. <laughs> the fancy Teku. Man, this is... Oh, I have not had a bad beer from them. Yeah, it's Electric Feel from MGMT. Management. Management. Without, without <laughs> the extra letters. Yes. <laughs> uh, I don't know. For some reason, I always just think that's what their like their name is, but they just shortened it. Yes. Electric Feel by Management. Shortened. <laughs> management. Uh. <laughs> no, nobody likes management. Nope. Fuck them. Fuck. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Where's life's my, my only... <laughs> Can I speak to your... Can I speak to the manager of the, mu- of the, of the music? Like the lady that wanted to speak to the manager of the airport? Yes. <laughs> oh, man. But yes. If you live or visit the area around Temecula close enough man it's it's definitely worth a drive out to the area because you don't just have to hit up solaris like on the same street pretty much you have solaris 8-bit inland wharf and now garage brewing opened up a second location Mm. right there all pretty much almost within walking distance like maybe like new york or like portland walking distance but definitely not southern california walking distance (laughs) but i guess you could save money and just take an uber to one yeah. Walk to the rest and then uh like the biggest gap is between Inland Wharf and 8 bit. But mm-hmm. like Oh, and there's also electric brewing right there too. So there's like five breweries. But like especially like uh Solaris, 8 bit and electric are like within a block of each other. Yeah. So you can get you get you get drunk that'll get you drunk enough if you need to. Get go you. get the sours at uh go get the sours and farm and uh Pilsners and stuff at Solaris. Go get the IPAs at uh, Electric and get the pastry stouts and their kettle sours at 8-Bit. And uh, pretty much all three, two, at least two out of the three locations will have food. So there, there you go. And puppies. Oh, man. So I mentioned having late nights the last couple nights, Sean. On Friday, I drove out to L.A., LA to the Ford Theater, which I'd never been to, hmm. which is basically like it's owned by the same people that run the uh, Hollywood Bowl. Okay. And so it's a little venue, like behind the stage is like a mountain where they had like kind of like done some of the lighting into the hill. So it, like it looks pretty cool and it, it mm-hmm. has about holds about 1,200 people. Okay. And so I saw Les Claypool, Bastard Jazz. So basically, like the lineup is Les Claypool. On bass, and then you got a dude on saxophone, a drummer, and then Mike Dillon, who's on like basically percussion. So he plays like the 
xylophone and tambourines mm-hmm. and whatever else the song needs. And so it was basically just two two hours of just jam session. Like they've done multiple shows and I was ended up talking after the show, I ended up talking to waiting in the line to the bathroom. I talked to guy talked to guy that had seen he's like out from like Tennessee and he mm-hmm. went to saw saw a couple of the shows in Northern California and mm-hmm. he saw the from in New Orleans and he's down here and he's like, Yeah, none of the shows have been the same. Oh, nice. And then like one thing that happened that hadn't happened at any of the other shows at the show I saw was the guitarist for Primus, Larry yeah. Lalonde, came out for like three songs. Oh, nice. And so at one point he was like he had his pedal board and he was like, as they were playing, he was kind of fiddling with it. And then they had like Les was doing his, you know, in between song banter. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was fiddling with it and started playing and got the sound out of it. And he was like kind of jamming a little bit, testing the sound out. And Les stopped talking and looking at him. And so Lair stopped playing. And like, oh, like almost like, am I interrupting something? Like, you know, I'm the guest here. It's not my band. Mm-hmm. And Les is like, oh no, what are you doing? He's like, keep playing. He's like, like, we're just throwing pasta at the wall here, man. That, I like that sound. Keep it going. We'll we'll uh, we'll jump in. <laughs> so it was it was pretty cool. The ambiance was cool. He, they had like a fog machine that was being heavily used mm-hmm. on both sides of the stage. There nice. was two of them. And so after they kind of kicked in, Les looked around. He's like, he's like, oh man, the fog machine's here, huh? He's like, you know what that means? He's like, where? He's like, I don't know. He's like, I don't know why they got the smog machines here. This isn't a Marilyn Manson concert. <laughs> he's like, because you know what they say, where there's smoke, there's Manson. <laughs> <laughs> but they have pretty much most of the performances that he they've done on the YouTube's. So, because it's not like they release albums. It's just less going up there, probably either high or drunk on it. You know, I don't know if he drinks his own wine. You know, mm-hmm. they say you don't get high on your own uh, product. Maybe he drinks Maynard's wine and Maynard drinks maybe. his wine, so they're not breaking the, the breaking the laws of that. Maybe, maybe. did did Careless Whisper check, pump out at, at any point with the sax? No, no, they did not do that. But they did like kind of tease a couple like little parts of Primus songs here and there, like threw in there just to I guess get the crowd uh, keep the the Primus heads in there. Yes, because mm. it was an interesting mix. It was like the old jazz heads that were there mm-hmm. mixed with like the like younger youngerish and by younger I mean like probably your age between my, your age and my age of Primus fans. Hmm. And then like people that brought like their families and forced their kids to see the show. But then again, like the kids weren't super young, yeah. but yeah, man, that the, the Ford theater, man, it's, it's pretty awesome. The parking situation seems like it would suck if you get there late. Cause they tell you, it's like, yeah, if, if, if you're not going to be here till like right when the show starts, maybe like park down at the Hollywood and Highland area. And we have shuttles. Yeah. So, and then the next night, last night, um, at the Moroccan Theater, mm-hmm. which we've driven by a bunch, Sean. Did we? Yes. Oh. It's we drive we drive by it on our way to Little Tokyo. Ah. It's like it's like a couple blocks away from Little Tokyo off the right hand side. It's like that blue building with the domey type roofs. Mm-hmm. If you like it you might not remember it, but if you see it, you'll be like, Oh yeah, yeah. I know that building because it stands out. Yeah. So we got there early mm-hmm. and I told my wife, I'm like, well, let's just, we'll park over by the, um, the Moroccan and we'll walk over to little Tokyo and eat and hang out for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so went there, you know, went to the, this didn't go to the rotating sushi place. Went to this other place. that's like upstairs yeah. above that, that shop that owns all the shop that bought all the shops. Mm-hmm. 
like before they had one one business and they just slowly started creeping out like um <laughs> germany in yeah. world war Two. jungle took over everything yes that's it jungle so we, we ate there and stuff and so then i was trying to figure out like we would have time so i'm like i'm gonna go check out at least one brewery that's close by so i had my choice between arts district mm. and angel city man arts district ipa la ipa is just so damn good so yeah we didn't go to arts district though <laughs> we went to the we went to angel brewing gotcha. which is in the arts district and i confused my wife because like yeah we're going to angel brewing which is in arts district as opposed to arts district mm. brewing which is in a the city of angels because <laughs> i looked at their menu we're kind of like um waiting for food and stuff to see who had what and uh angel city angel brewing had seemed to have more interesting stuff one of them they had was this um uh, it's called to to live and tie in la like <laughs> thai food and so it was like uh their czech pilsner but they added uh lime and thai chilies to it oh that would be good except it just tasted like a Czech Pilsner with a little bit of lime in it. I really didn't get any of the... Uh... Hmm. Now, I don't know if it was because, like, we had some spicy stuff at the oh. sushi restaurant. Yeah, but that makes sense. <laughs> it, it wasn't that spicy, but, yeah, I could not get any of the spice from there. And so I had that, and then um, I was going to go get another beer, but it was starting kind of starting to get dark. I was getting closer to showtime and stuff. And so and that's where I was like, maybe I'll get some beers to go from here because they had, like, a couple farmhouse beers and they had a banana stout that was aged in rum barrels that looked pretty good <laughs> but i was like well this because my wife was kind of hesitant about walking in la like too far in la in the dark and so i'm like let's go because the venue um is like a couple blocks away from boomtown brewery i didn't realize that it was like boomtown was that close to little tokyo no me neither um because we went there one time and it like had us take this weird way around as opposed to just going straight up the street, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, I had had their, at the Les Claypool concert, I had their um, Pilsner, the Mike Check, which is amazing. And so I'm like, well, I don't want to get that again. I've already had that. So I got their um, Belgian Strong Ale, mm -hmm. which... I thought I was over it, but I guess I'm not. But it definitely, <laughs> it definitely had that Belgian thing that we don't like in Belgians. Whatever that yeast is. Uh, but on that, it was pretty good, you know. So then we, by the time we finished that, I finished that beer up. Time to walk down to the show at the Moroccan, and the because I wanted to make sure I caught the opening act. It's a gimmick act, but. They were a lot better than I thought they would be. Called the radioactive chicken heads. <laughs> oh, that's a great name. <laughs> and as her name implies, everyone in the band wore like these like furry costume type masks, mascot masks. Mm -hmm. And everyone except for the singer had a different kind of chicken mask. Gotcha. And the singer is Carrot Top. So his mask is a giant carrot with sunglasses on. Got you. <laughs> but they're like punkish, but they're like basically like punkish ska without the horns. 
and they kind of have you know themed songs. So they have one like they're good, like their uh, bassist is um like his like his brain is exposed, mm-hmm. and so it's like chicken brains or something like that. And so they have a song about him, and then they had a song <laughs> about um you know Chuck E. Cheese. And so some some guy came out dressed up in like a like the Chuck E. Cheese mask on that was just horrendous. <laughs> And then they had a song about the teenage werewolf chicken. So it was like a, a zombie werewolf chicken costume came out. And... <laughs> Jeez. And then they did the surfing bird and this uh, girl chicken came out with carrying a surfboard and dancing. And so it was just fun, man. Like, it's one of those bands where it's like, I'm not going to convince you their music's good. I mean, it, it was, it was I, I don't know if it was good. Um, because I was seeing them live because I haven't tried just sitting down and listening to one of their CDs yet, but I can't, I mean, I don't think it'll be bad, but I'm not going to convince you that their music is like the best, yeah, but yeah. If, if you get a chance to see them live, cause they just play at small venues mm-hmm. and, and I ended up talking to a couple, one of the guys in the band, he was like, sorry, just, I'm going to spoil the magic here a little bit, but I'm in the band and, and he, heard <laughs> to, he heard, and I was like, Oh, that's cool, man. So, um, we, I was talking to the, the the singer the head the headlining act he was selling uh merch and stuff and so we were kind of talking about how uh when I, the first time I saw that band was when uh they opened for Oakley Dokley the Ned mm-hmm. Flanders themed band and I was like oh, I was kind of bummed that I saw that they uh, not only did they uh go on a farewell tour mm. but they didn't come to California during their farewell tour oh no like they basically kind of stayed semi local to where they live in like Arizona. Like they did Colorado, Utah, Arizona, but they could. But um, what? That doesn't. Colorado's got to be like. Uh... Oh, maybe not Colorado. Somewhere like whatever connecting states are. I can't remember. I was just throwing random states out. I'm American. I don't need to know geography. Arizona touches California. I know, but Boy. I know. So, but also maybe because it was like tough to get in because of COVID stuff. I don't know, oh, but he. Uh, maybe. But I guess I guess the 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 reason why they're probably not going to do any more shows is because Head Ned, the singer, mm-hmm. is having is starting is having family. They, he had a baby, so well he didn't personally, but you know mm. he caused a baby. He caused a baby to happen. <laughs> yes, you know, I guess you can say he can't go on tour. He's got to get a real job. Yes, and then I was talking about how another band that kind of is bummed that'll probably never play again that I like is uh, Scott Pesh Mode. Uh-huh. And yes. that's when we were talking and stuff. And he was like, oh, man, yeah. He's like, we played with Scott Peshmode a few times, man. They were good guys. And I was like, oh, yeah, they were. And tell him about the, you know, some stuff. So, but yeah, man, Radioactive Chicken Heads. They got videos on YouTube, both live, like live. And then they had like the, um, like actual like mm-hmm. production videos. Gotcha. Like their uh, zombie werewolf <laughs> chicken song basically like is a spoof of Thriller or take on their, their take on Thriller. Gotcha. <laughs> and so but the main and then there was another band that opened up uh, buddha trixie they're pretty good straightforward really good music but it was just kind of jody was like they should have switched them in rotation i was like i was like no i think you want the the comedy act you want the straight act and then the like the crowd's kind of mellowed and then playboy man baby comes out and then they can the headlining band and they can bring the crowd back up so that's who I, the headliner was out of being also out of arizona playboy man baby Mm-hmm. which is a fun name to say but they have they play they were they've been trying to play shows out in la for a while like they talked about one time they were booked to get, play a show and they were looking at the lineup and most of the bands there were like soundcloud rappers 
and they kept getting their start times pushed back and uh they just left and as they were leaving like a bunch of fights broke out in the street in front of the venue amongst mm-hmm. the soundcloud rappers trying to figure out claiming they were all the best Throwing and down, they were gonna, supposed to play out like <laughs> lat like um at the end of 2020 or beginning of 2021 and then covid canceled it again and so the whole time they were like dude holy shit i can't believe we're actually playing a show in la and it's happening it's happening calm down everybody it's happening yeah he told some some pretty funny stories in between songs and stuff he told one during the song about Mm -hmm. like like one time he was playing in la years ago and there was a he like talking to some guy and the guy was like so what do you do for a living and he's like and i lied said i was an actor (laughs) and he's like oh yeah i'm an actor too and then he's like so what and he's like oh what have you been in and the guy replied i don't know how many how much porn do you watch (laughs) <laughs> and then and then so he did that like during the quiet of the song and then as soon as he said that he the song ramped up and he did the chorus gotcha. and it was like told more of the story and then like the last one was like he's like so i know you want to ask so go ahead and ask and he's like i don't know what you're talking about it's like everybody when they find out i'm porn everybody wants to ask it's okay don't have to be embarrassed you can ask and he's like well i don't he's like dude seriously i don't i don't have any questions i care to ask you and he's like come on dude everybody wants to know how big is it and and the guy's like, okay, fine. How big is it? And then he's like, it's really. And then cuts it off and goes back into the song. <laughs> <laughs> mm. Oh man! But uh, on the way there, I t- on the last night, I took the sixty to the one hundred one, getting a little uh, Californians from SNL here. Oh, but I got to see a, a landmark in LA that's being featured in the news. So L.A. spent all this money and time to build this bridge, oh, basically kicking 6th Street over the 101 freeway and some other places, businesses. And the bridge was open for like a weekend. And they're like, yeah, we're going to have to shut this shit down. People are being dicks on it. Mm-hmm. Like you already see videos of like people blocking both sides of the bridge so they can just do like the burn- the donuts and shit in the middle. And you got like video, like it was funny. Oddly enough, well, at breakfast it was on in the news, this Channel Five News this morning talking about it, and they showed videos of like people like on motorcycles going up and down, doing wheelies. Somebody like got out of their car and started launching like in the middle of the night and started launching fireworks off the middle of the bridge. <laughs> uh-huh. So they they already shut it down, and they're talking about, and they already got the budget approved to put speed bumps on the brand new bridge. Oh, nice. Which, if they're not far, if they're far enough apart, they're just gonna be the barriers for people doing donuts. But yeah, it's pretty funny that LA made it so we can't have nice things. Like basically after a week. Another uh, another place that's making it so we can't have nice things, Sean, is um, one of the many ways that parents tend to uh, just abandon their children for the day or a few hours mm-hmm. for relatively cheap. Is not going to be allowed to happen anymore. You can't go to the park and just hang out. As a Knott's Berry Farm, as now, like they, they were just doing it on a trial basis for like a couple weekends and realized it was working, and so they've extended the period. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody under seventeen is allowed to be walking around without a chaperone, adult. Like in general. Yes, at the park. Oh wow. And so, like, and then it's like per adult. There's so many. Like kids, so I think it's like four kids per adult, gotcha. so if like, or three kids, something like that. And so, 
like when you were kids, I don't know if your family would do this, but like my wife and my family both did this where we'd go to like a theme park and like the parents were like, give us some money or whatever for like food or snacks or whatever and be like, here, go do whatever for like four hours mm-hmm. and come back and meet here at this time. And then, you know, that was like pre-pagers and pre-cell phones. So you got to kind of, you kind of had to pay attention to the time or your parents beat your ass. That was also the pre, uh, pre-timeout too. That was... It was middle currently in the middle of you better know what time it is or your ass is getting beat. And if you don't know what time it is, find out. So, yeah, you can't do that in Nutsberry Farm anymore. Cause I, and I know a lot of people that have season passes, especially for their kids. So Because it's season pass at Nutsberry Farm is about the same price as a one day of Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to think. I, I don't remember really ever doing that too much. Like, And I, and I think even... Even later on, I think we had like, we had like a cell phone. Yeah. See, you're you're what ten years younger than me, pretty yeah. much. Yes. Oh, yes, maybe maybe by the time you're old enough to do that, you had like a cell phone or a pay. yeah. Back in your day, we didn't have cell phones and pagers. Back in my day, we had to walk uphill both ways to get to Big Thunder Mountain. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... But yeah, so basically the reason why is because there's just been a lot of fights and different teenage misbehaviors at the park, you know, theft of theft from the gift shops and stuff. And so it it culminated to where at one point there was like pretty, it wasn't even, it got to the point where it was no longer a fight. It was a brawl. Yeah. And it spilled out to the front, you know, through the, out, the outside of the park and they had to call the police and some people had to be taken away mm-hmm. to the hospital and stuff. And they're like. Yeah, fuck that, dude. We're not gonna get that reputation. Like, uh, when I was younger, uh, Six Flags had that reputation yeah. of gang fights and shootings and stuff there. So they didn't want to become like the new Six Flags. Yeah. And reading about it on um, it it popped up on uh Reddit at one point, and people were talking about because Cedar Point's owned by the same people, right? Uh, yes, I believe Cedar Fair bought um Knott's Berry Farm. At some yes. point. So they're talking about like the same thing kind of happening at Cedar Point with the fights and the teenagers and stuff. And mm-hmm. so they might be instituting a similar policy there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Cedar Park. Yeah. Cedar Point gets super fucking busy during the summertime. Like it's unbelievable how busy I can imagine. It <laughs> well, it's, you got It's not like California where you can go to Dots Berry Farm or Disneyland year round. You can only go for like two and a half months of the year. Maybe three, maybe just going different times. Like I always liked like some of like the Fridays, like once it got into the fall, were pretty good. So, and then it just, it's just a packed place. Like people travel all over to go to Cedar point. <laughs> yeah. Cause there's not many other options. It's like, like college football in the Midwest and the South is big. It's just, yeah. what professional team are you going to go watch? Yep. And see, uh, yeah. Yeah, and Cedar Point has one of the titles as being like the roller coaster capital of like the world. So like you get a lot of tourists out that way too. So and then yeah. like over there, like they have like they have a water park, and then outside of the Cedar Point area, there's com- other couple independent water parks and stuff. So it just turns into like a giant summer point. It's on the it's on. Um, it's on Lake Erie, so you get like there's different beaches around there. It just it's super packed <laughs> during the summertime. 
I can imagine. It seems like a place like you could bring your family. Like if you live far enough away, like just get an Airbnb or a hotel or something like that for a week, and like you can spend a couple days at the beach, a couple days here, mm -hmm. a day at the park, a day at the water park, and yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, and I mean, you're vacation. Yeah, you're talking. If you don't have like the fast pass, you're talking like two hour away at sunrise. <laughs> oh yeah, Disneyland. <laughs> oh man. Oh, I have no patience for lines, man. Get triggered. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's the last time I went to Disneyland. Like we just went on like a couple rides because I'd already pretty much gone on everything, and I just wanted to go on the stuff I hadn't been on, mm -hmm. and I was mostly there because uh, my wife wanted me to go with her for her birthday. So that was like my birthday present to her of going to Disneyland. And getting, I went on a uh, the couple the Star Wars ride, not the Millennium Falcon one, but the other one. And then I drank at the bar, and I saw the Marvel Land, and that's pretty much all I wanted to do. So that was good. And then I'm like, well, whatever you want to do now, I don't care. Mm -hmm. And then her friend showed up later, and that made it easier. Yeah. Uh man. So we got a couple of interesting lawsuits that could affect um how things are done in the future. So. Kat Von D, tattoo artist, former television uh, reality show star. Yes. <laughs> slash banger of the dude that also was a reality show star that made motorcycles. Mm -hmm. um, she did a tattoo of a portrait of Miles Davis. Right? So she, like, for a friend of hers, like, the, like as a thank you or something for helping her out on like, a show or a movie. Like she tatted the portrait or she just, like, drew the portrait? Well, she somebody took a picture, and yeah. then she took the picture and tattooed that picture onto somebody else. Okay, gotcha. And so he's suing her now for copyright infringement. Because, <laughs> like, she, you know, she, and like the, the 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 argument is like you could you know kind of use somebody else's art, but you have to like transform it, make like do something different with it. You can't just make a one for one. Mm -hmm. representation gotcha. and so she was kind of explaining what she like did different during like the pre-trial like it hasn't gone to court court yet but it got past the point where all the evidence was presented to decide whether or not it can go to trial mm. so basically as part of her uh the lawsuit he wants her to take all the like references to it off of her social media and pay him basically a licensing fee for the use of the picture gotcha how much Which, is, I wonder how much the licensing fee is. I don't know. And because he says he, he claims to have been paid by another tattoo artist for using that portrait. Gotcha. And so, um, the inter but the thing will be like now, like how that will affect other things. Tattoo artists in the future. Well, tattoo artists in the future who do mm -hmm. like other intellectual properties. Like, you know, we have a mutual friend that has a Harry Potter sleeve. Hmm. You know, sure. and so and looking at the you know the artist page because I wanted to get a tattoo, which of Primus stuff, which yeah, I, I better get that soon before the lawsuit's decided, I guess. <laughs> um, but looking at in his social media page, you know, I sent her a message in our group in a group chat we have about I'm like either you either you owe him an owe him an apology for starting a trend, or he owes you some financial restitution for starting the trend because he has. It's like every fifth tattoo on his Instagram page is a Harry Potter thing. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of Disney and Harry Potter. So it's like, <laughs> dude, this guy will be fucked. 
Yes. If he has to pay licensing fees or, Dude, he, or if this, if this passes, Mickey Mouse is gonna be like, mm, I yeah, have to see like, everybody. Yeah, he has like you know the queen, like the the villains one. He has one of villains. He has one with like all the characters from Inside Out. He has an up up sleeve that he did for somebody. So yeah, this guy is like, he's about to you know go broke. It's if, a weird if, line, I think, with like tattooing though, like. Cause I, like, at what point does it like, like, so what's the difference between going to a comic con and buying somebody's picture of Spider-Man versus right? Some, and I think somebody tattooing think, Spider-Man. Like, where's the line? What's the difference? What's the line? And I think part of the argument is because those artists are kind of doing their in their own art style. It's not a direct one-to-one translation. Got you. And and or either that or the um the people that own the rights kind of just turned a blind eye mm-hmm. because it's not necessarily hurting them I, so i don't know it's creating but, it's maybe like the comic-con thing is you're you're drawing people to want to read like spider-man books and stuff like that down the road like yeah shutting that yeah. down would ruin the experience and potentially the loss of customers De- yes and so yeah, it'll be interesting, for sure. Because and like the argument, another argument in favor, like the two arguments basically in favor of the tattoo artist that they use is that one is, it's basically industry practice to not pay licensing fees, mm-hmm. and the other is is that you're not paying the artist for the art, you're paying them for their time, mm-hmm. to put the art on. Correct. So. You know, and even then, like the also raise the question that if you have a tattoo with intellectual prop somebody's intellectual property that they could also sue you for having it on your body and not paying any fees even though like the guy that got the tattoo in this case isn't named in the lawsuit it's just her yeah true it's because she has money that's why true well he has he's you know i don't think he has her money but but i think his main thing is that you know she might not have necessarily you know profited off the tattoo because it was a gift but she definitely got some recognition from her her you know and whatever from her social media posts showing the art yeah so i think that was the biggest complaint so i don't know man yeah and then a couple of anime i mean manga publishing companies are suing a piracy site for i'm forgetting the exact oh 1.9 billion yen (laughs) for pirating their uh bigger titles more popular titles for sure mm-hmm. you know it seems like it's weird like go especially you go on reddit and stuff or different places where they have anime stuff and it's like what what's what streaming site is this one on and it's like oh it's not on a streaming site or it's on one that you don't have and then people are like ahoy matey <laughs> yes nobody wants you to know, share you can't just have one streaming service Right. It, why do I have to have eight streaming services so I can watch? And like one anime, I can't remember which one it was. It was like the Miss Nagatoro, similar one to that one, where mm. it was like th- they had three seasons and all three seasons were on a different streaming service. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> Hopefully one like, of them's oh, on one do you have and then you just do a free monthly trial and watch your season and cancel. Or just, or just a... Uh... 
go full uh, Jack Sparrow and just pirate the shit out of it. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, so they talked about, you know, like Rising Shield Hero and um, a bunch of other work. Like they mentioned a few of them. Um, so it's like one one of them is suing, claiming 476 million yen in damages over the piracy of Kingdom and One Piece manga. Mm-hmm. And Shoka Kukan is claiming uh, over a billion yen in damages for uploading uh, Kengen Ashura Do- Doro Hidoro Yara Ka- Karakuri Circus and etc. Mm-hmm. And it's like, so the damages were calculated based on the number of visits to this website and the total volumes of manga uploaded on the website. So they actually have the math. Somebody, you know, some there's a subreddit. They did the math. Mm-hmm. So basically, the total number of site of uh, hits just between Jan- June 2017 and April of 2018 was estimated to have been 537.81 billion mm-hmm. a million people. I mean, and it says assuming each one ex- ex- access one volume of manga, approximately 500, you know. 538 million volumes were viewed in the period. So basically, the, the damage for each work was calculated, multiplied by 7 410, the average number of views by the sales price of the volume, and then adding them up. So it's it's not like they just made up a number. It seems like mm-hmm. you've had this many number of visitors, mm-hmm. and we're just, we'll just give you the benefit of the doubt that they just read one book. Yeah. At cover price, this is how much it is. Yeah, and then didn't the kid that, that started it? He got he's in it. He got thrown in jail and fined, as well. Yes, yeah, so, yes. So it's like the Napster days. <laughs> oh, apparently, like Reddit just found out that the dude that writes the manga for My Dress Up Darling used to do. Um, I can't remember the term, but basically the the porn manga. Oh. <laughs> and I guess one of the books has a scene where the character just like. Oh, to get over their, like, fear of, um, like, speaking in public, just goes yeah. up to the front of the class, takes off their clothes, and starts masturbating. In one of his, like, porn ones? Yes. Okay, I was going to say, porn. I'm like, how did they, uh, why would they put that in and dress up darling? No, 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 that was, that was, <laughs> that was, that was pre, uh, that was pre, uh, my dress up darling days. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That seems kind of a, uh, pretty extreme of getting over your fear, though. I don't, I don't, yes. I don't recommend that. You're supposed to picture them in their underwear, but not get turned on and rub one out. Yes. <laughs> oh man. Rule don't make sense. <laughs> Anime shit. Yes. I thought I was going to say like, is there even like a site to generally read different things for like a monthly subscription? I mean, it wasn't like Comixology or whatever, like a sor- a source. No, you. Can't, I don't think they have it. You have to buy the book. You can't like. Right. It's not like a streaming service for books, like where you just. I don't. I don't think there is. Danny, we need but... to get like a couple hundred million and create this. <laughs> yes. Um... A play... I guess you could just be that guy and go to like. A bookstore and buy the book, read it like, mm-hmm. and then return it, and say that you got a duplicate copy for a birthday gift or something. Yeah, I think they start they start keeping track of that shit, man, of how many returns you do. <laughs> oh, yeah, you gotta oh, give them your license oh and everything. Never mind. What? Uh, I thought I found one. Risky click of the day. <laughs> <laughs> 
manga stream, read manga online. And so I clicked it, and the, the first was just mushroom tip advertisement for making your dick bigger. <laughs> uh... Eight best sites to read manga online for free. Sounds like pirates. Manga. It sounds like that's, pirates. Yeah, that's more, even though Crunchyroll is the number one. I don't even know. Can you even read manga on Crunchyroll? I don't even know. Oh, here you go. Seems up. This one seems legit. Yeah. Mangamo, M-A-G-A-M-O, a new manga streaming app built by executives from Hulu, Crunchyroll, Netflix, Viz, and others has launched with hundreds of titles and a two-month trial for perfect for testing the waters. Mm. Oh, and I even had the option of them not um, um, selling my data because I live in California. <laughs> there you go. I sent you the link. Hey, oh. And there was, there was no dicks. I had to look at a dick to get you <laughs> to answer your follow up. See, this is why we say no follow up questions because we <laughs> might actually see a dick. That uh... isn't ours. That isn't ours. Uh, Got you. Speaking of anime shit, Sean, you you finished an anime. I sure did. I sure did. Um, so I started an anime and I, I lost track of it because I think there was just too much going on. And I went back and I finished it um, last week. Um, and it's on the, this. It's on a. It's on high dive. It's called I Quit Heroing. And it. It starts off like, you know, it's a, uh, it's in the future after like humankind has been invaded by, um, an alternative like realm with monsters and demons and stuff like that. And basically the world's been wiped out and it's restarting. So it's like more medieval style. Um, so the demon, like the demon queen is trying to like, take this resource and from the earth and take it back to um to her area to help like rebuild like the the demon world so the hero after defeating her basically gets shunned by the humans because they're like well if you're so strong that you can kill you know defeat the demon queen like we don't want you around so you need to fuck off because we're scared of you and so he was like banished um and so he ends up going to the demon queen and asking for a job <laughs> so like she hates him and so they uh you know they fucking you know typical anime like yell at each other and stuff and then he eventually like gets into the army after tricking her and um help her ge her generals help him like do missions and stuff while in the army and so like he's like a typical like overconfident like overpowered character so like he generally doesn't have any issues like overcoming stuff so it it's i thought it was generally somewhat boring there was in the second half and why i i i finished it is because the how the events start to fold in the second half of the anime like episode seven i think it gets really good and i like the way I like how they tell the story and how they unlock things and they, and they get more into his past. than you realize like, 
you know, why he's so overpowered and, you know, all this and all this other stuff that they don't know about, which ends up pretty, being pretty cool. And then, like, the ending's just kind of average. So you go average, good, average uh, ending. So it's not, like... There's plenty of other things to go watch out there, but if you if you do need something easy to watch without too much um, craziness, this is definitely it. It's not like it's not no harem, no none of that. It's just you know overpowered hero that ends up working for the uh, the queen, uh, the demon queen. So it's there's there's a lot of funny parts in it. At the at overall, even even every episode has a good punchline here or there too to where it's enjoyable but it's just kind of it's just kind of average though i think at the end of the day it's not i don't think it's anything groundbreaking so i'd probably say six or seven out of ten as as the kids in the comments on uh vrv say it's it's mid it's a mid anime mid tier (laughs) yes and they've dropped the they've dropped the tier from their vernacular so they just they just go they just call it everything everything's just mid mid Mid. It's a mid. mid. Yes. <laughs> As the whisper like, snappers say, mid. Right. And it's just funny whenever people are like, like ten episodes of a twelve episode season, they're like, I don't even know why I'm watching this. This sucks. And it's like people are like, Yeah. <laughs> you should start like, a long time about... ago. Right. Or it's like I don't care about this anime. And it's like, Well, you care enough to comment on it. <laughs> oh man. Uh... So this week's update on the new season. Is an anime that I keep wanting to get the title reversed, but it's Engage Kiss, not Kiss Engage. Yes, Engage Kiss. Um, person known to the show, Quatros. He said so. He basically hit me up, and he was like, "Hey, you'll like this anime. It's like Kiss. It's like um, Date Alive, but better." And I was like. Why? Why are you throwing shade on Data Life? Like, where? Why are we doing? Who chose violence today? Who hurt you today? Like, why are you throwing? Right. I'm like, bro, bro. Um, I still have to go back and like finish watching season three. I know four is out right now. I gotta go back. I'm like super behind and confused on everything going on in the Data Life scene. But yeah, um, I know I have to go start over then at that point because it's been so long since I've. Like, I don't even know if I watched season two yet, or, or, but I'm, I think I did. I know I watched season two because of the character, because I know who the characters are. But it's just, like, the, all the events that go on. It's the, like, I need to right. read, like, a synopsis of what season one, season two, and then start watching season three. You get the ju- right. the brain right. the brain juices going. I remember watching, I think I remember watching season two, but I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about is it just turns into a uh, fan fest show and then it's it like loses all its charm from the first two seasons. Like with everything like, that gets starts to get sequels and popular. And gets, right. <laughs> and like, you know, they, they, they're like, well, what are the fans like? The fans like this. And it's like, well, no, no, the fans like that because it was like in moderation. It's like yes. people like salt on their food, but they don't like to just, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's like the, the lesson of Cars 2. Yes, yes, people liked Mater in Cars 1 for as much as he was in the movie. He does not need to be the co-star of the movie at all because mm-hmm. that is way too much. But I can't believe he said better than Data Live. Maybe, which maybe gives like 
a little bit of like trepidation of watching this the final seasons of Data Live. If that maybe they they get I, worse. He hasn't watched the la- end of the seasons. He doesn't he doesn't care for the show after watching like the first couple seasons. Oh well, so then I guess his um opinion doesn't count as much. Yeah, me and Quanchos have definitely different tastes in anime. Even you, you even, like stuff is, I'm gonna say you like quality good stuff, and he doesn't. I would say our friend Quills would debate both of our tastes. <laughs> they're upside down, aren't they? They're in the upside down. Yeah, they're in the upside down world. Uh, yeah, so we just we just have our preferences, and uh, sometimes I dislike a show and like and like a different show, and he's reversed. Sometimes I don't know. We're not me and him are not on the hive mind. <laughs> no, 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 oh, no. But uh. But this show, Engage Kiss, man, like I was watching the first episode and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And I'm like, wait, wait, if I need to know, they'll tell me this is. And so over the course of like, like the fifth episode came out. Did you watch it? I thought it was the fourth episode came out this week on Thursday. I think it comes out on Thursdays. I, I watched, uh, I went through and watched uh, the... the latest episode yesterday. Okay, then I, maybe it was fourth episode. I, I just know I watched it. Maybe today. it's fifth. I don't. I'm, I'm losing track of things, but I did watch the latest episode. It could be fifth. Like I'm literally watching like yeah, seven episodes. shows. Yeah, I'm watching like five seven episodes. different shows. So I, yeah, I don't have it all in my head. Oh man, but like even up until the fifth episode, you're learning about what's going on. Like the fifth episode has like a lot of. Um, the story of why he's fighting. So, well, the demon. So basically the story is there's this weird floating city over the ocean that's mining this matter material. Mm -hmm. And like, they have like kind of strict rules from the rest of the world. As far as like what, like they're wet. Like fact, they're not allowed to have any like heavy weaponry, you know, and Mm -hmm. like only like a small police force, but the city is also overrun by demons. Yeah even though nobody wants to acknowledge it. And so they have like their regular police and then they have the demon police force. Yeah. Um, and then a bunch of independent contractors that bid on the job. (laughs) Yes. And so our, the the main character of the show was dating like the daughter of like the head of like the anti-demon police and they broke up and he, I guess they haven't explained where he found her yet, but he has, he's working with a, a demon girl. Yes. A class S demon. Yes. Which, you know, in Japan is better than an A. Yes. S is better than an A. Stupendous. Superb. (laughs) Superb monster. Class S. And so, um, like, the first episode, like, they're kind of like, the demon shows up, and then, like, they kiss. And it's like, okay? I mean, I don't understand why, but they're kissing to give her power? And then you eventually find out... Like, that hasn't been done. Right. (laughs) Then you kind of find out that there's a little twist on it in the next episode. Like, they find out the the, the con of having the cute demon girl kiss you to get powered up. There's a a price that you must pay. Mm -hmm. And so, like, the first episode is just, like, they just throw you in the middle. Yeah, I definitely feel like the first episode is like, here's a bunch of crazy shit going on. I hope you could, I hope you like it enough to keep 
wondering what's going on. And I think I messaged Quattro's. I was like, this is literally the worst main character I've ever seen in my life. Like, he's such a D-bag. <laughs> but then, as it goes on, you realize his story and what he's... And he's, hmm. like, not like... A lot like the show's trying to make him more likable, but you understand his actions more. Yeah. I think they do a good job with the story giving you, like, a piece of background every episode to explain it. Like, like you have a main story going on, which, you know, you end up figuring out like what is his purpose um and his drive and then like every you know episode they're like bidding on a contract and fighting and dealing with an overall theme but then it gives you like just a little bit of background to just digest and get a more understanding of the complexity of the relationships between everybody and then and what's going on and it's that's what's get that's what keeps you i think at the end of the day because the normal like like the anime i do like the animation and like the fighting is pretty good and stuff but man like the 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 info drops that they're giving you on all the things that you don't know yet and like you said we don't know how he even got a hold of getting a relationship or whatever contract or whatever with the demon girl like it's like that's i feel like that is going to be hopefully uh very interesting as well right and because i do like the way because like he's kind of seeking vengeance like he worked with the demon police and quit to be a contractor and i think he quit when he found the demon girl it seems like the timelines match up even mm -hmm. though they haven't said that officially in the story yes but he was dating the daughter of the head of the demon police. And, yes. And he, he basically broke up with her mm -hmm. and quit on the same day. Yep. And so their relationship is kind of interesting. But then um, in the fifth episode, I like how he was like, after fighting off the newest, the, the demon of the week, he was with like one of the top executives in the demon police force. Yeah. And like the guy bought him dinner. And so they were kind of talking. And then the mom and the daughter were talking because she was in hiding. Actually, it was before they killed, but yeah. they were, like, on the case. Yeah. And he was, like, between the two of them, they'd go back and forth telling the backstory of why he's, of what happened to his parents and why he's seeking vengeance against mm -hmm. the a certain, trying to find a certain demon to get vengeance. Um, so, but, yeah, the storytelling is what makes the, the way the story is told is what makes, kind of sets us apart from other anime. Yeah. Yep. No, I, I, I definitely think this is um, one of the better animes of the season. If I, if I had to stack the seven or eight shows I'm watching, five, seven, I would definitely rate this as probably number th three or four. I like Devils of Part Timers good. Uh, Call of the Night's really good. Yeah, I would say probably, I don't know, it's in, it's in that top range. I think this one has been, I think, the the more, it's been more complete and definitely entertaining to watch. And they actually have, like, relatively adult relationships as opposed, you know, the standard anime yes. weird stuff going on. Yes. Agreed. And, um, like, this one is on uh, Crunchyroll VRV, so it, a little bit hopefully easier to access. Yes. Man, it was nice when High Dive was on VRB. <laughs> it was. It was. Some, I you know what? Like, it could have been a thing of, hey, 
we're gonna raise your uh, subscription rate by like five dollars a month to keep high dive. Yeah, I probably would have. I would have been like, okay, I'm cool with that. It would like, have been, been cheap. It's cheaper than having both. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh man. So. And the high dive app is fucking terrible. I just want to put that out I, there. I can. I can't imagine it being good. It's not. For some reason. It's not good. I. And the, I don't like it. <laughs> right. And and one thing is like, you know, we have a, a one smart TV. And so like I'll check every once in a while. And especially like when we had went without internet and I got the new internet, the new Wi-Fi, so I had to re-enter the Wi-Fi password and there was a, some updates and stuff that I guess well the TV was offline. Mm-hmm. Um but I'm like, let me check again to see if like any of the anime streaming services are available to just download straight from the TV. Yeah. You know? Without me needing like an Xbox or anything, so it's like sure enough, nope, no Crunchyroll, no VRV, nothing. Like, dude, why again? Why do you have to make it so difficult? If you don't want people to pirate, make things easy. That's why Napster blew up. It's not because people didn't want to pay for music necessarily. It was because, like, there wasn't other than iTunes. Yeah. There was no other way to get music online. Yeah. And even then, that was like the beginning of iTunes when it sucked. Yeah. So, oh man, so a friend of mine from high school, he's like, I guess, as about as close as you can get to a, a modern day renaissance man, <laughs> like my wife's cousin, um, who's, you know, they both, they have a lot in common. So he uh, is a English teacher. Mm-hmm. He's in like uh, multiple bands. He writes, uh, a com- he writes, he owns a comic book company. So he does his own comic books, publish, <laughs> writes and publishes his own comic books. How fancy of him. Right, so he's even more fancy now. He uh, wrote and had published a novel that's available to purchase on, you know, Amazon for sure. I don't know if uh, you can get it anywhere else, but I got it from Amazon. Uh, It's called Summers, Weekends, Nights, and Holidays. Basically, it's the story of, from the point of view of a high school English teacher, oddly enough, something that he knows nothing about, apparently. <laughs> you know they say, write what you write what you know. <laughs> uh, bluff it, bluff it. So basically, it kind of talks about you know his like the beginning of the book talks about his relationship with other uh, teachers on campus and the, the students and stuff, and you know it's pretty entertaining. And then it gets to a point where like shit starts going down, and then it's just like a downhill. Like it's. It's an intriguing read, and then once you get to the point where like you kind of start to see where the book's going, it's it 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 it, it reads even easier. Oh, nice. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like, like the end of the chapter, you're like, I was like, ah, oh, I need to go to bed, but I also need to know what's going on next. Yeah. And so, it's it's not it's it's not a thick book. It's like three hundred and something pages long, but it's not tiny print. It's it's not also the super fat print, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, decent sized print. Um, it took me about a week or so of reading it, like a little bit every night before I went to bed. Um, Chris Hayer is his name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the book, Summers, Weekends, Nights, and Holidays. He's he like, I guess he's getting ready to go back to school and he posted on uh, Facebook. He's like, oh, he's like, I'm not ready for this year to start yet. Like, he's like, the burnout's already set in and it hasn't, it's not even day zero. <laughs> yeah. He's like, he's, Please buy my please get please get everyone you know to buy my book so I can retire. 
but yeah, I mean, you don't need to be a teacher. You, you know, you could have been a student. Everyone knows, you know, whether you're a teacher or not. You know, you don't have to go as crazy as like Florida is where, you know, basically Florida passed a law now where if you're a veteran, mm-hmm. you, you're also qualified to be a teacher, even if you don't have any college degrees. <laughs> wow. You didn't die in war. Go teach. Go teach history. (laughs) That's not a great idea. No, no, it's not. You don't. You don't need a front front line person coming to teaching. (laughs) I I had a, I had an old Vietnam veteran that had super PTSD as my shop teacher, and he would like fucking do crazy shit. Like there was one time the class next to us was having like a something going on but they're being loud and he's started banging the trash can against the wall and screaming through the wall to tell them to yelling at him to shut up mm-hmm. and like if your project like you know you would have to turn in blueprints for your project and, if, and then you know, like he'd come in you'd have, like stages like every week or every however often you'd have to i don't remember you'd have to go and be like here's where i'm at my project and bring the blueprints with and he'd measure everything and like during the woodworking ones if it was off he would just run it through the bandsaw and tell you to start over <laughs> So if you're like blueprints were like you're gonna make something and it was like a square like six inches by six inches but it was like five inches by six inches he's like it's off start over mm-hmm. ah it was it was pretty fun he'd go off on other people because oh boy uh... <laughs> PTSD and being a teacher not fun yes <laughs> terrible news. So, all right, everybody, that's it for today's show. Thanks for sticking around for another fun-filled episode. Make sure you follow us on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter, all those fantastic places. Ooh, we'll be uh, we'll have a uh, we'll have another anime uh, to review from this season next week. It'll be fun. I'm, I'm still chewing. My, I'm still fighting my way through Witcher Three, man. I. I did. Uh, I got through a uh, a big old major hurdle. I found. I finally uh, met up with Siri, so I'm, I'm making progress. Hopefully, I could do like at least a review of the base game in the next three months. <laughs> yeah, I started playing on uh, Games Pass, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game. Oh, nice, nice. I can't wait to hear about that. I uh, I know one guy in the clan um, talked about was uh, was playing it for a while, so. Yeah, Jody walked in as I was playing it. She's like, what is this? I'm like, it's Guardians of the Galaxy. And she's like, that doesn't look like them. And I'm like, no, no, that's what they look like in the comics. They're not like, it's not based on, they wanted to make sure you didn't think it was based on the movie in any way, shape or form. Yeah. They wanted to like, definitely let you know that this has no ties to the MCU. This yes. is Guardians of the Galaxy, not MCU. Yes, <laughs> exactly. All right, everybody, so, take care. Later. Later.